0: This is Over the Line, broadcasting live from the Lyuna Studios. You're worth so much more on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio
1: Network. Oh, we're inching closer and closer to that NL Central title. You heard it right there in the sports slash the magic number now down to four as this team is. Uh, Getting another win over the St. Louis Cardinals and kind of coming into form here. The offense waking up, and you got to feel good about it. As I'm a, calling it.
2: Craig Council, 701 wins. Ready you're calling it? I'm officially calling it. Yeah. Last night, if the Brewers <laughs> would have won or if the Cubs would have I'm lost, calling it. I'm calling it. It's over. But the fact that the Brewers won and the Cubs lost last night, Fly if you look, at, if you look at that central standings, I don't know. Like... There's no shot for the Cubs. The, the Cubs are done. It's game over. The Cubs had to play really good baseball down the stretch. They haven't been able to do it. The Brewers continue to win at a pretty good clip. But you look at it. Magic numbers now four. Four. Quattro. Brewers have a seven-game lead in the Central on the Cubs. A seven-game lead in the loss column, which is more important. Yep. It's over. And it, there's now ten games left for these two teams. Ten games. It's over. It's over. There's three against each other. If, if the Milwaukee Brewers lose every single game up until that Cubs series and then take two out of three from the Cubs, they still win the division.
1: So what Kinger just said on Twitch, uh, by the way, search Ebo says, you can see us here. Kinger just says, oh, great. Nelson now just jinxed them. Not even a jinx, Rowdy, can make them lose the NL Central.
2: Yeah, yeah they, they can lose every single game. Sorry, Kinger. Leading up to the Cubs series, the last series of the season. But if they take two out of three from the Cubs, it's over. Over.
1: Yeah, sorry, Kinger. Um, Happy bladed birthday again, by the way. I'm looking here at 538. We already know like what it's going to be. Here you go, Rowdy. Uh, to winning the division at 538, um, they give the Milwaukee Brewers... Uh, is this right? A 49% chance? <laughs> uh, okay. That's not right. Uh, yeah, that's, they must not have updated it. Um, there you go. When was this updated? Oh, oh my God. Yeah, this was updated June 21st. Sorry, that's. Uh, I should have looked at when it was updated. Like, this is not right. No, They have a 100% chance.
2: If you, again, just need to win two out of three the last series of the season, and they can lose every <laughs> other game before that, <laughs> like and they not, will win the right. Central. That's not right. Now, if... <laughs> If they got swept against the the Chicago Cubs the last game of the season, that leaves seven games left, and you would still have a four-game lead. Yeah. So if you played 500 baseball, the Cubs would basically have to win the rest of the games of the season. Not happening. As there's no chance. It's not happening. I mean, the Cubs
1: lost to the Pirates 13-7 to last night. The Pirates. The Cubbies. Adios.
2: So, Nellie, Speaking of audios, yeah. if you play 500 baseball the rest of the season, the best the Cubs could do is still lose the division by two games. Yeah. They're three and seven. The and last that's 10. if they win
1: yeah. three and seven the last time, the Chicago Cubs fly the L uh, the reverse of that Brewers seven and three feeling good. Josh Donaldson with a big old donger Tyrone Taylor hitting two solo shots. Oh God, it feels good. Uh, Adrian Hauser looking dees. Mark Canna, the old three run double blowing that thing open um, feels good. Feels good. As how about this, Mark Canna, who uh, they got from the New York Mets, right? He is Canna has thirty RBIs in forty-two games with the Brewers after getting twenty-nine in eighty-nine games with the Mets.
2: Well, the thing with Mark Canna is, Mark Canna was a—I don't want to say a long time because it's not like he's super old—but he was with the Oakland Athletics prior to the Mets, and after his first two or three ish seasons where he's got a taste of the big leagues. He was actually a solid player out in Oakland. He deserved a contract. Now the Mets might've overpaid for that contract more than Uh he was probably worth or what anyone else was willing to pay because it was the Mets and they're ready to spend a lot of money. Well, you look at his numbers and, and basically Mark Hanna was like roughly a 260 hitter with 15 to 20 home runs a year. And fifty to sixty-five RBIs a season. That's that's kind of what he settled in at as an Oakland Athletic. Mm-hmm. Well, then the Mets pay him a ton of money, and the team in general was bad. He had a bad start, and then the Mets just say, "eh, we're we're selling off all these pieces. Let's let's get rid of them." But basically, what you got in him was a a guy that was a solid vet that was versatile defensively and and at least average in a lot of different uh, defensive positions. And he wasn't hitting at the beginning of the year. Now, all of a sudden he's hitting, He's got a new change in scenery. He's hitting the baseball and water is starting to find its level for him, for his entire numbers for the season. And guess what? That just happens to be the high end coming with the Brewers
1: Yeah, out of the park. mark, 30 RBIs and 42 games with the crew. What a pickup um, right there. And Milwaukee talk about hot as we near the playoffs. Milwaukee has won 21 of its last 30 games.
2: That's Pretty incredible. And I like that technically that series or that, that central isn't one yet. So they can't just take their foot off the gas, especially with eh, about a week and a half left. Room, room, room. Got to keep a pedal to the metal.
1: And you look at those wildcards rowdy. I mean, the Cubs could slip out a wild card contention. Miami, the fish are a half game behind and the reds are one game behind the Cubs for that final wildcard spot. Yeah.
2: Speaking of, uh, speaking of the Cubs and the fish, Cubs can thank the New York Mets because they beat the Miami Marlins last night, which I mean, again, the Cubs is the Cubs are imploding. They
1: are. Yeah. Remember when it it
2: looked like, oh, the Cubs might make a push against Milwaukee because the Brewers were up. What was that? The Brewers were up like three, three and a half games. And then we were at the very first tailgate in Chicago or uh, we were at the very first tailgate downtown Madison yeah, red for the red zone. zone. And then Chicago got it to was in a game and a half. Yeah, that guy
1: made the bet with you, right? Yeah,
2: they got it down to a Yeah, right when we made the bet, I think it was three, three and a half. Instantly, Chicago had gotten the, the lead down to about a game and a half. Yep. And then since then, man, the Brewers started winning again. The Cubs have fallen off and you look up and it's seven games. Yeah. And right now we are in firmly the
1: driver's seat as we near the playoffs unbelievable and uh i think was it today at uh around eight o'clock is when fall officially begins at 8 p.m i do believe uh was that the fall it's, equinox it's tomorrow, tomorrow. at 804 tomorrow so we are uh summer's almost over and the brewers right there in basically
2: uh what roughly halftime of the badger game it'll yeah. officially be fall yeah
1: Badgers play tomorrow night don't forget uh, maybe, that's,
2: uh, maybe that's maybe uh, that's the thing. The the Badgers were waiting to get their season going and really start to turn it on once a uh, fall was here. Yeah,
1: f- fall coinciding with the start of Big Ten play for your Wisconsin Badgers and football feels good. And uh, leaves are already changing. Obviously, uh, I got a bunch of red ones laying in my yard.
2: There's the hot take. The the Badgers will play another crappy first half as summer leaves us, and then when fall officially starts they will uh start to kick ass yep and it's time for the badgers <laughs> at to least start. we hope
1: well if you're gonna kick ass you get to start it's against purdue right 16 in a row they won they did it all the way back to 2003 if anyone's gonna get their ass kicked knock on wood it's purdue so uh well west lafayette tomorrow it's weird to say tomorrow night um brewers feeling good though how about is josh donaldson is the experiment is it kind of working
2: is it kind of working? So, big big dinger last night? I I don't think so, but obviously the Brewers are going to continue to give him as many <laughs> chances as as they can, especially, <laughs> well, especially if they do cuz I think it's very very realistic that the Milwaukee Brewers have this central wrapped up before we're back here on Monday. Yeah. Like this weekend the combination of a magic number of 4 wins by the Milwaukee Brewers or 4 losses by the Chicago Cubs easily probably is figured out by the time we get back here on Monday. And I don't know, they'd still have technically six games for a guy like Josh Donaldson to audition and stuff like that. But other than that, if you look at his numbers, it's not like he's been playing that well. Like he's had a couple of home runs that have been big and, and the the Brewers are a team that, you know normally we think the brewers offense and it's like they kind of score in bunches they score from home runs and they haven't really hit that many home runs this season compared to the the two seasons yeah. prior yeah. well Josh Donaldson has the ability to give you some power but he's hitting like 219 as a brewer and before that i think he was hitting like as a yankee i think he was hitting in like the 160s his overall average right now is 159 yeah like he's not Tearing the cover off of the ball. I think he's hit, what, two or three home runs technically as a brewer in the last few weeks? Three, I want to say. But if I go through and I look at Josh Donaldson, here are his statistics. As a New York Yankee, he had in. Oh, he's bad. 34 games. He batted 142, and he had 10 home runs. For the Milwaukee Brewers, in nine games. He's hit two home runs. Two, okay. And he's batting 219. Hey, better than the Yankees, <laughs> Rowdy? Much better than the Yankees, but. We'll take it. I guess he's been a little bit of a uh, a power hitter because two home runs in nine games. Yeah. Isn't pretty good. What's he slugging here? 469 with the crew? But I mean, 219. I, the OPS is above average. Yeah. seven, Just under 800 OPS, but uh, I don't know. that. Are you look, really impressed.
3: Nah, I mean,
1: it's it, for a guy that you basically got nothing for and him. Hit a couple dingers when you had to win some games. It's. I'm actually nice.
2: more impressed with Andrew Monasterio. Yeah, he was a beast Like the fact too. that they pulled this guy up from AAA. He's 26 years old, never sniffed the big leagues before, and he's been come up and and for the most part, I know we talked about that Nat series that at the time was one of the worst series they had played, <laughs> where he threw the ball away at <laughs> home in a a potential series winning game three. Mm. Outside of like a couple of defensive plays, Andrew Monasterio has been really solid. For yeah. a guy that's come up out of nowhere and hit basically 270 for you and overall has played pretty decent defense. Mm. I've been more impressed with Andrew Monasterio. Yeah,
1: we'll talk this Brewers roster as they made some moves yesterday too, um, as the uh, regular season is dwindling. In honor of Tailgate Wars. American Family Fields parking lot. Uh, I think, I think Kinger, uh, our listener, and Sean initially thought of it, and Gita ran with it, and I'm going to just take it and go. Uh, I will um, meet you in the middle. For the people that want to turn that parking lot into the beer district, I'll meet you in the middle. It's one bar. It's a big bar, and we're thinking of a name, but every day is 1982 in that bar. Brew Crew 82s. Brew Crew 82s, the, the runner-up, uh, second place. I would love to know your name. Every day is 1982. In that bar, the ball banger, the t- hmm. the TVs only play the wins from the regular season,
4: the postseason, and oh, then man. obviously the World Series. But interspliced, you can have like MTV music videos from '82. Yeah. So
1: in honor of that, we're doing all 1982 radio today for the outro songs. Every song will be from 1982 in honor of. Whatever this bar is that we hope now to, to get built in American Family Foods parking lot. It's not <laughs> in anyone's plans, by the way, but we're trying to speak
4: it into existence. Saturday, yet. August 1st, 1981. So, yeah, hey, all anything from MV, MTV counts. Yep. Because it was just brand new at the yep. time. So
1: there you go. The 1982 the, the runner-up. And it was still a music television. Um, this is the best we'll do. We'll, we'll think of a name. I don't know. Boys, speaking of the Brewers, this was top story of CBS Sports. Uh, actually, yeah, it was top story. Brewers pitcher tests positive for PEDs for second time in two seasons. Gets 162 game ban.
5: Yeah. Yeah,
4: J.C. Mejia. Mejia. A
5: lot, of people was,
1: said,
4: a lot of people said, who? I was still one of those. Exactly. I was <laughs> yeah. like, who? That was still one of those where when he, they
2: brought him in, and we were like, why? So, <laughs> well, he, he had, Who? Never been a great relief pitcher. Yeah. Like he was always a lower level or a low leverage or relief pitcher when in the big leagues. And the thing was right when they had brought him in, I think he pitched a few games last year, got popped for PEDs and they're like, well, we'll see. Ya. He's basically done for the rest of the year. Yeah. Cause he wasn't originally with the Milwaukee Brewers right away to start the season. And the other thing is he's, it's not like he's good. Like you remember some of the, the um guys back in the steroid or PED eras, like with the Eric Gagne's yeah. and the Roger Clemens, yeah. and you you hear some of those names that were were or Derek Turnbow. Turn that blow, used to be able to throw blow. super hard and they were really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he was never even close to that good ever. So uh I'm what? pretty sure it's the exact same substance that uh uh, had, Pedro had uh, Severino was using and got popped with the catcher for the Brewers last year.
1: JC Mejia, right, Rowdy? Yeah. Mejia. Yeah. So Mejia, this, okay, he tested positive for Stanazolo, S T A N O Z O L O L. Stan Ozolo. It's, it's the
2: same thing that Pedro Severino got popped with. The catcher that was supposed to be one of the two guys on the roster last year, but got popped <laughs> right before the season and threw a curveball at the Brewers. Because remember, then they had to acquire Victor Carantini. Yeah, yeah. So uh, It's the exact same substance. It's basically a masking substance. So it keeps your... This is how dumb this guy... This is the second time in 16
1: months that it's the same positive for Stan Zolo. He, he he went back to it. I it's actually, a masking agent,
2: right? You said. I I get it though. Imagine if you're a fringe, low leverage, big league reliever, you get popped for it last year. It's like they, they won't test again for it, <laughs> and you still you still got paid. You got you still got paid for what you were, were uh-huh. uh, pitched for, right? Then he gets the because the first one is half a season, roughly. The second one is a full season, and I'm pretty sure the third one is you're out.
1: Yep, third, lifetime ban. Third time, so, year, lifetime ban.
2: If you're a guy that's a fringe Major League Baseball and trying to keep that job, you basically are going to get two extra years because it's going to take two years for them to go one, two, and then yeah. you're
1: done. Stanozolo is a synthetic steroid that is derived from testosterone and has anabolic and androgenic properties. It first came on the market in 1962. Over time, the marketing and labeling of Stanozolol has been altered due to FDA requirements and changes in the drug market. In 2010, it was withdrawn uh, withdrawn from the U.S. market. It was classified as a Schedule Three controlled substance under the Federal Regulation under the Anabolic Steroid Control Act of 2004, and then updated to Designer Anabolic Steroid Control Act of 2014. So, yeah, uh, I'm pretty so
2: sure it's the one that masks where it elevates um, elevates your estrogen. I think that's the one that it was derived from testosterone and has
1: anabolic and uh, androgenic properties. I don't, I don't really know much about steroids, so um, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll try to get into it. But yeah, now, I will get into the drug. I mean, the uh, <laughs> what it does. What does Stanazole do? Okay, here you go. It is responsible for promoting, well, obviously, strength, lean muscle growth, and better overall body composition. It become uh, popular. Amongst athletes and bodybuilders due to its high performance enhancing capabilities. Is it for cutting or bulking increases muscle size? All right. Is ideal for the cutting cycle as it helps with well-defined muscle production that is usually done by stripping off the unwanted fat and gives you a little extra poof in that fastball
2: rowdy for JC. Mejia. He still wasn't throwing 98. <laughs> Imagine taking all the steroids and you just still can't make the cut. You're like, well, that's <laughs> why the, that's why he's doing it. Yeah. Like, it's not a loss. I actually think it's funny that that was top headline on CBS sports. Cause it's, it's the th- top one. It's not like JC Mejia was some big time pitcher for the Brewers. He was like a rotational. Oh, Back and forth between Triple A and the big leagues. The Brewers, fans, Brewers fans didn't, didn't know who he was. Small market teams. Brewers fans didn't know who
1: the guy was. Like, who the hell is this guy? Uh, the top headline: Some random nobody busted twice for steroids. Instead, it could be a top headline. I
4: don't know. The Brewers winning twenty-one of their last thirty games as they're in the driver's seat for the NL Central. That doesn't drive. That doesn't drive anybody. That's true. Even though they have some top sales in the MLB because they have the greatest logo ever, um, <clears throat> the Grill logo. Yeah, the, We're the logo. No, I was talking about the, the M interlocking and the B? MB. Did Not- you know that the baseball...
1: That I had no idea that oh, the no. M and the B formed a baseball glove. Hold on, on the hat you got? That's a oh, the glove? 90s logo?
2: This is why you're using a performance-enhancing drug. In 2021 with the Cleveland Guardians, he had an ERA over 8. In 2022 with the Milwaukee Brewers, before getting popped numero uno...
1: That's number one for English-speaking friends. He
2: had an ERA over 23. Currently.
4: They, get me on the juice. And they
2: brought it back. Currently, after your second PED positive test with the Milwaukee Brewers in 2023, he has an ERA over five and a half.
4: Yeah, get me on the juice ASAP, please. So are they allowed to just cut him right now? They're like,
2: well... Bye. Bye. Yeah, well, How does that work? I don't think he'll be coming back next year.
4: No, I mean he's well. He could by the end of the season. Technically, only 162 his ass games. is going
2: to be sitting for the next 162. <laughs> yeah, he's on that. He's on that razor
4: thin margin. Up. Just in time for him to find a new mask.
2: 162
1: games are a lifetime ban coming
2: up here. Here's the question: You, know, you did back part, into steroids. The crazy part is the lifetime ban looming. It feels I mean, like you, you can't now because you're done. Like yeah. you have to, you have to play it safe because now this is your livelihood with your money. You hey, tried it twice.
1: Use your god-gifted natural talent now. That well,
2: but I'm try coming back from this. You've played parts of three seasons in the big leagues. You have a career record of two and seven with an ERA over eight, and you've only appeared in twenty-eight games.
1: I'm risking it. Uh, lifetime ban. I'm risking it. Give me the best steroids you could find. I'm risking it. I'm risking it. I'm risking it. It's not. I mean, what is he going to do? He's going to be even worse when he's not off the juice. I'm risking it. I'd risk the lifetime ban to do it again. Do it. He's
2: basically going to be allowed back for like the last two weeks of of next year's season, <laughs> and he'll be a he'll be a guy that basically was out of baseball for a year, and he'll be turning 28 years old, and he's got numbers like that.
1: G- give me all the stuff Roger Clemens was on. I'm risking it. I'm risking it
2: to become the second reincarnation of the Rocket.
1: Lifetime ban. clearly, don't care. he Chet needs to Steppen? get new people. <laughs> Give
4: me one, more. one Chet Steppen, more, just one more. Tell me that guy wasn't doing steroids. You got to get new friends <laughs> or
1: better or better friends. Yeah, Robert, yeah, you, that like, better yeah. juice. We got we to gotta be you got to be on the cutting edge of this to get by the testers. Honestly, He's with guys like Pedro
2: Severino right and JC Mejia that get popped boom boom, it's like. You got to imagine there are other guys out there trying it. It's not just these oh, couple, for sure. But clearly, you don't know the smart ones. No, we need better. <laughs> You've been popped twice in two years. What
4: the hell are you doing, Jackie?
1: Oh, hell, and that hit piece that Ryan Braun had—I mean, they got away with it for a while, right? That Ryan Braun was even basically
2: said, two years. He said, "You know what? When that you send we know it, of. when
1: you send it to uh, in the mail, just just put it as Sean Markham for the recipient."
2: Do you see that in the story? Yeah. Basically, Braun got away with it for what two? Two ish years, yeah. Now, could he have been using it before? Remember when uh, I was on the anti-Bron train because well,
4: the whole Miami connection
2: down yeah. down there. Yeah, he went to Miami. He starred at Miami, and you're telling me Biogenesis is literally right there in, in the Miami area. Yeah, and he was friends with A Rod <laughs> in his Miami days, and A Rod was hanging out down there. Yeah, also like, hello, he hey, could have been. He could have <laughs> been Bron in realistic uh sense of it he could have like known these people since he was like a sophomore at miami
4: yeah
2: yeah, since he was like 19 20 years old
1: get on the gear dude why not
2: and then he finally got popped in what was that 2013 technically even though it was from like 11 and 12 which were oh weird his best two seasons in (laughs) baseball
1: hey let me ask you this guy's on brownie quick did his paycheck still cash
2: it did. Yeah. And he's still getting paid one point eight million for the next I think it's seven years. Those paychecks it was a still ten cashed. year yeah. deferred payment. Those
1: paychecks still cashed, baby. Get on the gear. Let's go. JC Mahia, it's time. Get better friends. No, when you say better friends are already to be more responsible friends being like, hey man, don't, don't do this. No, if you're gonna do or it, better friends clearly like, hey, smarter. Man, I got the cutting yeah,
2: guys that know what they're guys, doing.
4: This is what I got for you.
2: I'm I don't gonna, I don't think J C Mahe is long for the big leagues. Like his last one will be july first, twenty thirty
4: one. Like what you're saying is
1: his friend that he has, he's probably got a big trench coat. And he opens it up, and there's a bunch of steroids and syringes. Like, check this out. What you're saying is get a friend that's got, like, a limo and a briefcase instead of a trench coat, open it up. Like, look at this. This is the juice. This is what you <laughs> want here, baby. Hell yeah. All right. Um, brewers, though, g- positive stuff. How about last night? Uh, Corey from Marshall just sent me this tweet, too, from Kurt Hogue. This is a quote from Adrian Hauser. Uh, as the magic number is four for the Brewers, Hauser said, quote, we're looking at it. It's hard not to look at that number, but we got a bigger picture in mind. We want to get to the playoffs, yeah, but we want to go win. A World, a World Series. Let's go, Adrian Hauser, calling a shot.
2: That feels uh, a little bit of a different vibe than uh, last year when they were interviewing uh, pitchers or players from this team. It's when, just
4: confusing down in the clubhouse like, right now. Like I thought it, don't it was a joke. Know which way we're going? Yeah, were like I thought yeah. it was a joke. They traded away Josh Hader.
1: Like that was real. That was their interviews. Yeah. Now it's like we want to win a World Series. Also, right? this if guy punched
2: a wall. <laughs> if you're looking at if the playoffs started today what it looks like the brewers would get the cubs first round but if you look at the moving forward the picture it would be the philadelphia phillies taking on the atlanta braves which i actually like that matchup if you're the brewers because yes the braves are the best team in baseball yes the braves are are great but philly has aaron nola who can be pretty decent at times. They have Zach Wheeler. Who's a s- great starter. So they have decent starting pitching for a short series and it's interdivisions. So you know that like they know each other really well. So if there's somebody that could pick off Atlanta, that might not be as good or nearly as good. Yeah. kind of like your chances with the Phillies. Then in the second round, it would play out that if the, the uh, Brewers beat the Cubs, they get the Dodgers and I would rather take my chances in a matchup with the Dodgers. Than with the Braves. Yeah. And then, like we said, if the Phillies somehow picked off the Braves and you got past the Dodgers, because the Dodgers, they're a team that when they do struggle hitting, it's against lefties, but we know the Dodgers mash. Their one, you know, bugaboo this year was bullpen. Well, the bullpen's been really good the second half of the season, though I'm not sold that it's a, some great bullpen. And then, Could you say if you got lucky and got past the Dodgers and the Phillies beat the Braves? I think that's set up about as perfect as you could play it if you're a Brewer fan. I mean, worst-case scenario, you go Cubs, Braves, or sorry, Cubs, Dodgers, Braves, but you have to beat the best to be the best at some point. It is what it is. But I think it sets up for the Brewers as... The standings are today pretty well for the the weakest potential path. Cubs fans, are you freaking out? I don't want to play Arizona. I think Arizona is a team that uh, is dangerous, especially in a short series where you'd be playing them in the wild card. They have Zach Gallen, who's arguably top three for the Cy Young. They have Merrill Kelly, who's another really good starter this season, and he'd be in the top. I could pull it up, but I would imagine he's a top ten Cy Young uh, candidate right now. Like that's a tough one-two punch in a short series where you do have a guy like Corbin Carroll that hit twenty-five home runs, stole fifty bases. It is a above-average offense for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks, and I know it would be in Milwaukee if you played them. But they're just—they feel like a team that would be pesky, that would be kind of a thorn in the side. That because sure. of the good pitching, I wouldn't want to play, especially in a short series.
1: Bill Rowdy and King already alluded to it too. You potentially jinxing the Brewers by. Now getting on the bandwagon, being positive about them. What, what say you? Still a Braves fan. <laughs> the Milwaukee Braves.
2: The Atlanta, Atlanta Braves.
1: I mean, it's, it's still kind of a Milwaukee. I mean, you know.
2: Now I will say he did like right when I said that he did suck for like two weeks, and then it's like, oh, my back hurts. <laughs> yeah. When's the last time he played? Like his batting average dropped roughly ten points, and then it was like, ooh, my back's. It, supposedly, progress is good, and they think he's going to be playing here shortly. Yeah. Um, I'm more concerned to see what happens to Garrett Mitchell. Obviously that's a guy that came up in August of last season, played pretty well, obviously was starting in center field this year was playing pretty well. I think uh, in roughly three months of big league baseball in his career, he's hitting like two seventy, two eighty, 280 and above average defense, above average arm, a good speed, uh, you know, an on base guy. That's really hurt when he went down with losing another outfielder, because then you had to pull up Freelick early, you had to pull up Lemur early, and Tyrone Taylor was already on the shelf, and Jesse Winker might as well have been on the shelf. Uh like they were in a bad situation early because of that injury. Well, he started rehabbing I think it was about a week ago, maybe a little bit longer than a week ago, and he had nine days. Nine of rehab days. before the the AAA season was over, so we'll see where he's at. Because getting Garrett Mitchell back to where Garrett Mitchell was at the end of last season, beginning of this season, that'd even be a big boost. Especially with Tyrone Taylor hitting the ball the way he is, and Sal Frelick being pretty steady for a guy that really wasn't ready for big league baseball this year. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think getting Garrett Mitchell back healthy would be a huge boost going in. And look at how Mark Canna swinging the bat.
1: Out of the park, Mark Rowdy. I saw. Picture
2: Monasterio.
1: I saw. I was scrolling through uh, the Facebook timeline, the feed. And Mark Canna's picture came up in a Milwaukee Brewers uniform with his stat line of how he's fared for the Brewers, which is absolutely incredible. And the caption of the picture says Is this the greatest trade
2: acquisition since CC Sabathia? Man, you got to remember Jerry Hairston Jr. in 2011. <laughs> he was kind of that old gritty glue guy veteran. I'm not saying out he was as mark. good as Canna, but I'm saying that's one that could also be on that list. Like clearly, CC was the best. They said, "Is this
1: the best one since CC Sabathia?"
2: Out Probably. Of the, out of the but park I, I mark. Think Jerry Hairston Jr. has been forgotten,
1: and out of the park mark, Mark Canna. Canna um, had. Let's see here. 30 RBIs in 42 games with the Crew, insane. After getting 29 in
2: 89 games with the Mets,
1: out of the park mark. Like
2: if if we had to start a team for the Milwaukee Brewers, Game One of the playoffs, what does your team look like? If if healthy, I think catching you're going with Contreras. Clearly, I don't think there's too many if ands, or buts about that one. I think um, you look at the outfield, you go with Yelich, Mitchell, and then what are you going to do? Freelick. Yeah. You're going to go with Tyrone Taylor? Taylor's, Taylor's kind of hot right now. I think I would personally go with probably. across the outfield. If if healthy, I would probably go Yelich, Mitchell, Freelick, Tyrone Taylor would probably be a DH. Mm. And then if you look around the infield, now you have questions. Shortstop's going to be Adamas. Second and third and first is where you're big. How do you want to play them? Because I don't want Rowdy toles on the field. No. I if Does Mark Canna have to play first base? How's
1: Santana been doing as of late, though?
2: Santana? See, I think you go Santana one. I think you go Mark Canna third. And you would have Andrew Monasterio at second. Monasterio's hot, too. Yeah, Everyone's hot in the Brewers right now. But preferably you'd want Canna in the outfield because he's better in the outfield. But you get what I'm sure. saying. You'd you'd have to be piecing this together here. Yeah. I, I I just don't I don't need Rowdy Teles playing unless he wants him to go up there and strike out. <laughs> like he doesn't need to play. He doesn't need a DH. Like he's he can wave a towel. I still think Kesson here would be better than. Him, but we don't need to go down that road. Oh,
1: Rowdy says Kesson here, and who walks into the room but Grant Bills? Unbelievable. <laughs> The sounds of Led Zeppelin, that means one thing, our guy Rob Reichel. Robbie, I have a, an idea to kick off of you, uh, bounce off of you first before we dive into Packers. Uh, would you like to hear it? And I want to get your I'd advice. love to. So there's this big thing, it's called Tailgate Wars, American Family Fields parking lot. There's a lot of Milwaukeeans that want to turn it into a beer district, and other people saying, don't touch our parking lot, we want to tailgate in there, you know? You, you, you've heard of all yep. this? Yeah, you've seen this? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. With this, I think a, a compromise could be made. And I I was hoping you'd okay this idea. I think you might like it. We put a bar up in American Family Field's parking lot, and we call it... Now, this is a name, you know, just a name, a placeholder name. The Runner Up. And every day in the bar is 1982. And we play everything, all music from 82, Brewers highlights from the World Series, postseason, and uh, regular season wins. And every day is 1982 at The Runner Up. What do you think?
0: So we're working under the assumption we're giving these bozos seven hundred million in the first place to even have the ability to put the runner up in there, right?
1: Yeah, we just we're not thinking that far into it, Rob. But yes, pretty much.
0: So we're not we're yeah we're not going a decade down the road when 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 this goofy owner is going to take the team and and take him to Vegas, right? Correct. All right. No, I, 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 I love it. I love it because we can't get enough of 82,
1: right? And hey, speaking of that, every song from 82, this is Led Zeppelin's Hey, Hey, What Can I Do? Off Dakota album, 1982.
0: Oh, I, I know what it is. <laughs> I want to tell you about the girl I love, Evo. That's for sure. Boy, she looks so fine. Um, no, uh, hey, you, you, you know the city of Milwaukee and the five-county area just can't get enough of those 82 brewers. There's there's just there's not enough Jerry Augustine and, 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 my, and, and Mike Caldwell and Jimmy Gantner highlights to go around so no Ibo, I love it the more the more you the more you can uh pimp 82 and 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 set up you know a, a daily a weekly reunion hey man bring it on
2: Robbie that's one bar that we will never ever have a drink at if it was <laughs> you know constructed because we're not a bunch of runner ups here we're front runners and the runner well every- you
0: guys are guys are front runners well yeah now that 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 baseball team i I don't know i don't know about even even though they're gonna clinch the division here in the next week i you know we've 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 watched this movie a long time i am not optimistic about about the postseason we'll 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 see little craig council take burns out after five and a third and (laughs) 85 pitches again so but but we don't want to talk brewers do we hey
1: 1982 every day is 1982 here all right rob What's up? Uh, it's Rob Rice joining us, Forbes.com, Godly Media. Follow him me on Twitter, Rob Russell.
0: You, you guys gotta remind me at some point too on the at some point. I, I had a really close friend who who was a big wig in the Brewers organization about five, six years ago. Um and and I gotta I I gotta tell you his story at one at some point in time.
1: We'll have a beer at nineteen eighty two and talk about it. Or the runner up, excuse yep. me. So Rob, yep. what the hell's going on with David Bakhtiari? What'd you think of his dissertation uh, is almost a half hour long there in front of his locker about uh, his knee and it being injured and him not protesting because of artificial turf against the Falcons?
0: Well, you know, at, at least we got some clarity, right? Uh, and because Bafiari is extremely outspoken and we know that, and, the, and he's not going to run and hide from his truths, whatever those were. And, you know, for a good 48 hour window here, I think a lot of Packer nation was just wondering, is is he never going to play a turf game again after you know, how outraged he was last week about the Aaron Rodgers injury and, and by the way, guys, I mean, did, did Nick, Nick Chubb the other night get hurt on grass, by the way? Um, yes, it is, was
2: grass. Have,
0: have, have, have we had injuries on grass in the, in the history of this wonderful football game? I, I, I think we have. So all this, all this hype and hoopla about injuries. To be fair, you know, I think Nick
1: so Chubb would have been hurt anywhere with that hit, though.
0: I don't dispute that, but I've, I've seen many, many injuries at Lambeau Field, and I can guarantee you three guys will leave the game. On Sunday against the Saints, you know, with, with injuries, somehow miraculously on the surface that we call grass, then and, and, and there will be there will be an injury on Sunday, Evo, and who knows? Maybe they'll stop the game here in 2023 because that's what we do now. But uh, uh, you know, I'll, back back to Bakhtiari for a second. The Packers are in a little bit of a pickle, right? I mean, they're they're committed to this guy for the season. They're they're doing their damnedest to try to get. You know, to try to get him on the field 8, 10, 12 times, whatever, whatever it turns out to be. Um, I, I I do believe after yesterday that this isn't a protesting kind of an issue whatsoever. Although he probably should have faced the music and talked on either Sunday or Monday about about his truth in this in this whole uh, turf grass deal and how his knee really was and stuff like that. Because guys, after the game in Chicago uh, on that on that Sunday the tenth, the opener. I talked to him a long time, and and he said his detailed felt great and all this. And now, obviously, you know things could change on a Monday or a Tuesday, and they could, you know, it could it could swell up and balloon on him and things like that. And and I guess we'll work under the assumption that's what happened. But he certainly seemed to come through that Chicago game pretty pretty clean on you know for for the most part. Um, you know, but at, at least we know now, David Bocciari, the player, if he can play, is is you know going to going to going sure. to Give it a go and he, each Sunday he's gonna, he's gonna be out there. So it, 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 it should put together at least those myths or rumors that, that kind of had, had existed for a 48 hour window. And a lot of that's on Bacchiarie too for not putting out the fire. And, yeah. and he's got his goofy brother tweeting and, and things like that. But, uh, you know, you know, just, just back to the Packers big picture wise, you know, Matt LaFleur is clearly fed up with this whole thing. I, I haven't seen little Matt, uh, you know, throw a temper tantrum like that, uh, like like you did at his Monday press conference. really probably since he showed up in Green Bay, guys. It was it was like someone took away Matt's blocks, and, and he was a two-year-old. And, uh, you know, but but he's, tired of the, he's tired of the Bakhtiari nonsense, and, you know, the Packers are clearly frustrated. I think we could all probably agree It's David Bakhtiari's last season as a Green Bay Packer, and, and they're just going to try to Try to you know, grit their sure. teeth, grit and bear it, and get through it somehow together.
1: Rob, speaking of uh, you know, maybe Bakhtar's last season, I think many uh, Packer fans wanted uh, Joe Barry to have his last game after it concluded on Sunday against the Falcons. And I see Rob Reichel stirring it up on Twitter and Forbes.com. I'm going to read the, uh, the uh, tweet you put out. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur made the extremely... Unpopular move of bringing back D.C. Joe Barry for year three. After Sunday's collapse, the heat is on both Barry and Lafleur. My story at Forbes.com. Rel, uh, Robbie, please, let's dive in. Joe Barry, public enemy number one.
0: Yeah, I mean, you guys do a daily radio show. I mean, I can't imagine a lot of your callers were, you know, throwing, throwing parties the the day that Lafleur announced that Joe Barry was, was coming back. I mean, let's, well, guys, actually, let's turn back the clock, right. To, you know, two and a half years ago, when this initial hire was made, I mean, it, it wasn't supposed to be Joe Barry it was supposed to be Jim Leonard it, it had all things go according to plan for, for Matt LaFleur. This, this, this was a, you know, the, this, this was the runner up or, you know, distant runner up in, in the competition to be the green Bay Packers coordinator. And Matt LaFleur, after not getting the guy he wanted, wound up bringing in his buddy from the Rams and, um, you know, Joe Barry did I, again. I if this was Rich Pasaccio in the first couple of years weren't going perfectly, and you could look at Rich Pasaccio, who obviously you know you guys know, but for the listeners out there who may not, is the special teams coach. You know, Rich Pasaccio came to Green Bay with a with a stellar resume. You know, things had worked for Rich in in the majority of cities that he had been in, and you know the, the Packers got themselves a heck of a special teams coordinator. We knew that. Uh, when it when he showed up, even if even if it might take you know Massaia a year or two to to turn things around with with, with Joe Barry, I mean he, he had had two stops. I mean they, they were dead last in every possible category when he was with the Lions, and when he was with Washington for a couple of years, they were in the low twenties on almost everything. So it's not like Joe Barry showed up and they were bringing in Buddy Ryan in 1985 or something like that to, to coordinate the defense. This was this was a controversial hire the day it was made, and things have not gone well. I mean, the run defense last year, guys, not only was it in the bottom five or six of the league, I mean, Green Bay hadn't given up five yards to carry on the ground in four decades, and and, and you saw it again Sunday in a game where they didn't have probably three of the best ten players on, on the roster. They were all on the offensive side of the ball, Aaron Jones, Bakhtiari, and and Christian Watson, that's a game that the defense against a, let, let's be honest, against a pop gun quarterback and, and, and a bottom five to 10 offense in the league. That's a defense that has to step up and, and hold that team to 13 to 17, 20 points. The offense did enough. 24 points in that game after three quarters uh, was enough. Now with the fourth quarter, a, a colossal disaster for the offense. Absolutely. Jordan Love was bad. AJ Dillon was awful. Uh, they didn't block well in the fourth quarter, et cetera, et cetera. But 24-12 going to the fourth quarter, if you have eight first-round draft picks on that side of the ball, seven that were available to play on, on Sunday, you've got to find a way to win that football game. Uh, and at the end of the day, that, that comes back, still the coaching to me. The Saints are going to come to town, guys, on, on Sunday. you know how many first-round draft picks they have on defense?
1: How many? Two. Two.
0: They have Two first-round draft picks on defense. And they, for the last few seasons, have been in the top five in the NFL in every key statistical category on the defensive side of the football. And where's Green Bay? They're in the middle to bottom uh, with with their eighth first-round draft pick. Seven last year, eight this year. Um, you know, and, and what does it come down to? To me, it comes down to coaching. The Saints are run by a defensive guy. Uh, in, in Dennis Allen, who has a stellar resume as a defensive coordinator and a defensive mind in this league, and he's carried that over to the defensive side of the ball. Green Bay obviously has an offensive-minded head coach. And if that's the case, then, guys, you have to go and get yourself a an elite, elite defensive coordinator, and the Packers do not have that.
2: <laughs> Robbie taking some heat there. Well, okay. oh, oh, sorry. But, Rob, wouldn't you say that, I understand the hiring of Joe Barry when it happened, because wasn't Joe Barry like the second, third option? It was kind of like, oh crap, Jim Leonard fell through and, and our second guy, oh, he, that one didn't work. Oh, we got to get Joe Barry's at least been an NFL. But the fact that you haven't went back and dipped into like a defensive coordinator market and grabbed somebody else since then, because it hasn't been that great. That's where I look at LaFleur.
0: Yeah. And, and Nellie, I'd even challenge you a little bit, um, you know, going back to when he was brought in in January or February of of, of 2021. I mean, if if that is your second best candidate, are you doing a are you doing a good enough job, um, you know, going out there and and, and chasing various candidates and various people for that job? I I get it. Jim Leonard was the apple of of Matt LaFleur's eye and, Mm -hmm. and, and it's, obviously fell through and didn't work out. And I think both sides would really wish today that it had um, the way things have played out in Madison and in green Bay. But um, you know, I don't know. A lot, a lot of this to me still is on the floor. I mean, if if Joe Barry's your second best candidate at that point in time, I don't know if you've done a good enough job going out there and, (laughs) and and, and chasing, chasing candidates in the first place. And and really the, the, the ideal and the opportune time to me, and I think to a lot of Packer people to, to move on from Joe Barry was af- was after last season ended. I mean, they were, they were 27th in sacks. They were middle of the pack in in most key statistical categories, couldn't stop the run. They were bottom five there. Um, you know, their passing defense was pretty good, but they, but again, they've, they've got first round picks floating around all over the place back there with, you know, with, with, with Stokes and Alexander and Savage and, and people like that, um, you know, they, they, guys, they, they beast up the defensive line. Brian Gutekunst made, it a, made a major emphasis in the draft to, to get bigger, faster, stronger uh, up front, take away teams' run games because that's what that's what opponents did to Green Bay all last season, absolutely gassed them in the run, 5.0 yards per carry, which is absolutely unacceptable in this league. Well, two weeks in, guys, they're back to 4-7 again against the run, even after a nice performance. Uh, against the Bears, Atlanta, and Robinson just, just gobbled them up. But now we're only two games in, I get it, that's yep. what, 12% of the season at, at this point in time, so we have a very small sample size. But what we've seen at, at, at crunch time, when that defense needed to come up, big guys and win a football game, because that was one of those weeks where you ask your defense and your special teams, hey, we're short sighted you know, we're, we're short-handed on the offensive side of the football, you know, you're telling your defensive guys that if you're Matt Lafleur, you guys need to step up, you guys need to make plays, and what did they do? They couldn't stop the run. Jair, Jair Alexander was absolutely terrible. They missed too many tackles. It was, it was just kind of the same movie that we've seen, uh, you know, for, for the better part of three years now with Joe Barry's defenses. And at the end of the day, it's a lot easier to dump a, a defensive coordinator than it, than it is to change six various players in a, in a given off season. So, you know, if, if things don't turn around starting this week, Against the Saints' running attack, that's going to be minus Jamal Williams and yeah. uh, you know well, my, minus you know Kamara. It, uh, let's get into I, it, I Rob. Know,
1: let's get into it. The so Saints, the Saints come marching in. It's the home opener for the Packers at Lambeau Field. Uh, let's. Final question for you, Rob. What happens on Sunday against Derek Carr and the Saints?
0: It's a really good defense. You know, like like, like we said, I I I think they'll have Watson. Guys, we'll we'll see how the week plays out. Aaron Jones, I'm. I'm not quite as sure on they, you know, we know how this goes in, in green Bay. They're always going to be conservative. And um, you know, I mean, if they have both of those guys, I like green Bay immensely. Even if they have one, they probably, probably find a way to, to, to win the football game. I, I, I think they come up uh, with a nice rebound effort, but Let, let's be honest, we haven't touched on it yet in this, in this segment guys. I mean, Jordan Love's been unbelievably good. I know he's bad in the fourth quarter on, on Sunday, but, you know, some of that was dictated to by play calling and and things like that. Some obviously, a lot of it's on Love. But top to bottom, you know, the highest the highest passer rating in the league, six touchdowns, no picks. Green Bay can't ask for more than what they've gotten from you know a first time starter at quarterback. I think Love will be the difference. I think he'll be pretty good. Uh, the Saints are outstanding guys on the defensive side of the football, so it's, it's probably going to be a relatively low scoring game. Uh, Green Bay needs guys like Alexander to bounce back from from, from a really, really bad performance against Drake London uh, last week and, and find a way to shut a lobby down in this football game. They've got to take away the run game. But, but I'm going to say, like, 2017 Green Bay, Evo.
1: Rob, I love it. I could talk forever, but alas, we have uh, commitments for a commercial. Unbelievable. What? Got to pay the bills. Come on, you, are...
0: you don't need to pay the bills in there. You, you, you guys are loaded.
1: Rob we got to pay the bills. Otherwise, you and I got to do the same old song and dance again next year for football season, if you know what I'm saying, if you catch my drift.
0: I do, I do catch your drift. <laughs> um, Robbie! What are, we, what, 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 are, what are we looking at? Brewers clinching on Saturday, Sunday? Sure.
1: We'll, we'll watch it at the runner-up bar, Rob, as we have, uh, usually, you know, Led Zeppelin out for you, but released in 1982, Van Halen covering, oh, pretty woman. You jammed this back yeah, in the day? You jammed this in the 80s, Rob?
0: Oh, I was big, big, big Ben Halen guy. You know it. You know it, baby. Oh, I'm yeah.
1: an old man. Yep, Rob, but you're but you our old man. We love you, Robbie Forbes.com, Conley Media. We love you, Rob. Have fun in the locker room today. Try to get Brock I worked up again or something. <laughs> I'll do what we can. All right, take <laughs> points. There he goes, Rob Reischel. Justin Fields. There is a mess in Chicago. We'll get to the D.C., the defensive right. coordinator. But Justin Fields calling out his coaching staff yesterday on his poor play, saying it could be coaching. Luke Getze. You know him from the Green Bay Packers. He was uh, a hanger-on of Aaron Rodgers, right? Now he went down to Chicago, and now Justin Fields like, maybe it's coaching the reason why my play stinks. Is they're giving him too many, too much plays, too many reads, and it's confusing him.
2: So can wow. it be a bad look for Justin Fields to clearly come out and say this at a press conference? 100%. But do I also agree with them? Yeah, I think I do. Very well. Good. Uh, let's see here. Justin
1: Fields. Let's see if I can get it's this. Honestly, audio here.
2: the entire drafting coaching and the organization itself. And I guess everything that has to do with the Justin Fields, Chicago bears and the timeline since he was drafted and it's been there. It's just been summed up with one word malpractice. <laughs> like that's it. Like it, Justin Fields, has he gotten better and does he still make, you know, bad reads? Yeah, he does. Has he literally had the worst luck when it comes to GMs, head coaches, and oh, offensive that's... coordinators yes, and, and changing front offices and coordinators and coaches? Yeah. With bad rosters and bad lines? Yeah.
1: Uh, by the way, not, not only did their defensive coordinator step down and there's some rumors swirling. I don't know what's true, what's not. If uh, the if one of the rumors is true, it's disgusting and sickening. Yeah. Don't know if it is or not. Um, More will be revealed. But also yesterday, Nathan Peterman was cut by the Bears. But guess what, boys? Oh. Just uh, this morning, the Bears have re-signed Nathan Peterman. Oh. To the
2: practice squad?
1: Uh, Bears have re-signed Nathan Peterman after releasing him on Wednesday. That's all it says. It doesn't say practice yeah. squad or not. Um, Makes sense. But for the quarterback that is Justin Fields, he did not uh, hold back yesterday.
5: Of course, you know things that I didn't like. I felt like, you know, I wasn't necessarily playing my game. Uh, felt like I was kind of robotic and, you know, n- not just not not, not playing mm. like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not uh, that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just of, you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. I mean, just going back to it's a game, um, and, and and that's it, because that's when, you know, I play my best is I'm just out there playing free and you know, being myself, so.
4: I'll pause it here as well. will react to it a bit. He Who does, the he... hell is still typing their notes in this day and age? <laughs> <laughs> Those reporters, man. They got fast fingers. I don't care. <laughs> Get away from the mic, then. <laughs> it's funny with these uh, pressers
1: because – like they have the ability to. The mic is in front of Justin Fields. There's many mics. Yeah, and, and there's then, a there's a uh, audio box we can plug into. I don't know why. The, yeah, the, but they ask. Do your, do your notes afterwards. So Justin Fields saying he's playing too robotic, too much information in his head, and then they, he goes
5: know. on. I'm gonna say kind of just bump all the you know, the, you know what I should do, what I uh, this and that like pocket stuff like I'm gonna go out there and be me. So um. What do you when say when, when are you play? are playing, way, uh, when you're playing like yourself, what does that look like? You'll
4: we'll see. So, <laughs> when you're playing like yourself, what does that look like? You'll see. All you got to do is say, "Did you see me at Ohio State?" You'll see. The
1: Bears haven't won a game. Um, it was 2022.
4: Yeah. I, uh, I, I can Lost 12 in a row.
1: Yeah, I, I got to find the exact date.
4: They
5: lost what their final 10 games. Do. What do you think was causing you to think so much? Maybe think too much. Um, you know, could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, <laughs> I think, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, it makes it, you know, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes, I prepare myself throughout the week. And then
1: the summer that he, literally the first thing out of his mouth, he blames coaching. You are a professional football player. Yeah. You blame your coach. There was a Later, play. Though,
4: he, wa- he like did say, I need to go back out there and clear something up. And apparently,
1: there was a his play. Comments
4: were taken out. Of there was a play against
1: the Buccaneers where there was, <laughs> I think, what was it? DJ Moore, it was wide open, like w- w- wide open. And Justin Fields had all the time in the world to get him the ball. And I think he ended up just taking a sack. Like it was <sighs> coaching for Justin Fields. I don't know. Rowdy, you on. The coaches told him to do that. Bears fans are turning fast on Justin Fields now. I've been messing with my brother and my, my friend. They're like, I don't know. Well, time. that's
2: the thing. This is year three. You would expect to be seeing at least a little bit of a jump in what he can do on the field, especially when it comes to you know making throws, reading defenses, that type of stuff. You haven't seen it through the first two weeks, Mm-mm. and you would have hoped that you would have. Now, that being said, everything leading up to and currently with the coaching and everything, I agree with them. They haven't really helped him out at all, but you would just still say that playing in the game, being thrown into the fire every day for now your third year, you would hope to see improvement just in general. But, yeah, it's uh, it's starting to get kind of late on the Bears franchise and Justin Fields. <laughs> The Bears last won. Getting pretty low, big guy. The Bears last won a
1: game, October twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty two. Wow. We'll talk more of uh, what else is going on with that uh, dumpster fire. The defensive coordinator. For the Chicago Bears, Allen Williams has resigned. Due to health and, and Here's a statement. I'm taking a step back to take care of my health and family. I appreciate the opportunity to work with the Chicago Bears, a storied NFL franchise with a rich history. I value the NFL shield, and all that stands for, after taking some time to address my health, I plan to come back and coach again. Now, when this first broke... Um, this week, I'm, I'm, a very special episode gonna, of gonna, the Chicago Bears. I'm going to kind of <laughs> be sensitive around the subject here. It's, it's
4: like... It's,
1: if the, I don't know if it's, what's true or not, right? But at first, the, all this news started coming out that he's busted
4: for, um, and, like his house was raided, and none of those were from verified. And I say verified, but like names you know. Yeah, his, his house was raided, and then Hallis Hall is raided
1: as well. But the Bears come out to say the Hallis Hall never got raided, and apparently it didn't. And Pina Tillman
4: is not involved.
1: He, he, Pina Tillman does in the tweet. It was Pina Tillman was working with the FBI to bust him,
4: this guy for like now, chi- child. Pornography. The only the only thing true, true in not. there so far is Pina Tillman is, works for the FBI. He does. Pina Tillman but loves- apparently he was not involved in this
2: at all. Yeah. So I don't know what's true or not. I, I think the, the, the craziest part about this entire story is that, Peanut Tillman went from working on Sundays in the NFL to literally working for the FBI. Yeah. He was, he was, he was like doing that while he, yeah, he, he was saying. He, he was going it, to like school for it while, while he was playing. Yeah. <laughs> I like remember. Peanut Tillman was going back to he's school. like, yeah,
4: I'm getting a criminology yeah. I plan on working for the FBI. And he's doing yeah, it. Yeah, he was doing that. He's effing doing now, it. Now, in the statement, the <laughs> Chicago
1: Bears did say that uh, both the Bears and Allen Williams' lawyers said uh, the report in the Chicago police activity they, that uh, they've raided Hallis Hall was inaccurate. Right. So the so the Bears said it, and the lawyer for Alan Williams said now, it. not but addressed. It say, yeah, not, not addressed, addressed was his home. home. <laughs> um. Yeah.
4: Okay. So when like, you could tell some of the people uh, who haven't been following this on Twitter or haven't been following enough NFL accounts on Twitter to have some of these lesser known NFL people uh, see the reports of the possible uh, possession of uh, child porn. Um. everybody's just like, oh, I hope and pray for a speedy recovery. And like, well, everybody's like, they raided his house. I don't think he's doing well. Is it true sure or not? I <laughs> don't know yet. So, you know, we'll, we'll
2: see. if you're an FBI agent, like, Charles, like peanut Tillman is, do you tell him your name is Charles? Or uh, would, anyone, would anyone ever be? Or that's Mr. Peanut. <laughs> My call sign is peanut. <laughs> yeah. Like hey, peanut. What's your name? Uh, just go by Charles. And then they're like, this guy really looks like Peanut Tillman. Are you? It's like, hey, did you throw out the same last name? Did you throw out the first pitch for the Brewers one time? He He did (laughs) punch a guy when he was out on the beat. and Man, that was a hell of a punch.
4: Knocked a gun right out of his hand. He almost
2: looked like a guy that was 33 for the Bears. He had the same exact... It's like Sha- Shaq works with the FBI, too. And do it, uh, and raids. No, uh, I was he's the L.A. County well, was the LA that's what it was.
1: And he sure. was like, he was on raids and busting down doors. <laughs> yeah. Imagine Shaq running through your door. <laughs> you know, for a fact uh, that Shaq
2: real quick on the Bears and Eberflus. Just say they do dump Eberflus. Look at this disaster that they had. The, the McCaskies allowed Ryan Pace to draft Justin Fields before Xing him. They then kept Matt Nagy there for a year. And obviously, Matt Nagy being an offensive guy, he was, you know, the head coach, but also, OC. But then, and, and we all knew that that was probably their
3: last year. Yeah. Like, yeah. we, we knew kind that of felt that going in into the field's rookie year. Yeah, it was
2: dead man walking, but they allowed them to draft their quarterback of the future. Right. Yeah. Which doesn't make any sense if you were probably going to axe them the next year. So that's dumb. <laughs> then you bring in a new GM, a new head coach, and. The GM decides that I don't know if it was the GM specifically, but we'll say the organization in general decides to go with a defensive head coach. Dumb. And not only that, but they're going to stick with their offensive, uh, their quarterback that is obviously going to be leading the offense. So you go with a defensive guy. With no proven offensive coordinator, because you bring in Luke Getze, who, by the way, was like a quarterback's coach. He he was just a
1: hanger on of Aaron Rodgers.
2: If Matt LaFleur was the head coach, he was also the offensive coordinator. We saw that the next guy in line was Nathaniel Hackett. He didn't
3: hack it. Another hanger on of Aaron Rodgers.
2: He didn't hack it as a head coach or really that great of an OC (laughs) when he's calling plays, and you're below them. And they actually chose that. They're like, yeah, we'll actually protect Stenovich to be an OC before you get see. Like, are they dumb? So now you yes. have. Well, yeah, y- yes. yes.
3: If that wasn't rhetorical, we'll both answer. Yes. They <laughs> like, are.
2: yes. Like, now you have a defensive minded head coach that's new, but you're going to keep the old regimes quarterback and we're going to bring in an offensive coordinator that's going to get this guy all learned up. And, and he's basically just a quarterback's coach with no experience, and the team getting rid of him actually picked Stenovich and had a lot of yes men already ahead of him? I mean, that's a tough look. Like, at some point, this is what's going to happen. They're going to fire Iberflus, and then they're like, you know what? we still probably owe Justin Fields one more year. Yep. Then we'll hire an offensive minded coach. And then Fields will still suck because he's been so ruined for four years. He's never going to hey. get better. Then they'll dump Fields. And yeah. then they'll be like, this, though, now we have to start the last time five they hired years later.
1: The last time they hired an offensive mind as their head coach. I mean, I guess Nagy's in OC now, but before that they went to the CFL and got Mark Tressman.
3: There's some weird shades of Mark Tressman right now. They're going into Kansas city this Sunday it could be shades of what happened to Mark Tressman and Mark Emery when the Bears came into Green Bay in 2014 and got blasted like 55 to 10 off their bye. Remember that? Yeah. They were down 42 to nothing at halftime. Yeah,
1: I, ha- I have that saved in my phone, my photo album of that, taking the picture of
3: 42 to nothing and just send it to my Bears fans' friends all the time. First take the next day was... Un- I remember tuning in to first take the next morning to watch Skip well, and Stephen A. It was unbelievable. Mark just-
2: Tressman had like... Mark Tressman had credentials. He was like the quarterback whisperer. They OC called him. in what was it? I believe he came from Canada. He was the Kyle yeah, was the, CFL, Ky- so the Kyle,
3: Kyle Shanahan of Canada. Yeah, yeah, CFL, CFL
2: legend. He was yeah, he scored a ton of points. He was cutting edge. He had something. E- Do you guys know where Iberflus came from? The in Colts? Indy? He came from the Colts. Do you ever remember the Colts having some like Bears no. defense or Buccaneers defense from the early two thousands? Well, that's the thing about Iberflus. Their defense isn't even good. No, let's think about what the bears itself
3: is a dumpster fire. Can we, can we talk about this? They got rid of Roquan Smith for a mid pick. I mean, what was it? A second round pick. And then they turned around and gave almost the same amount of money to T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds. The organization
1: is a dumpster fire. Justin Fields is blaming coaching for his poor play yesterday. Then he walked it back, right? might be true, though. Justin Fields might
2: be having the most truth out of everyone. Their defensive coordinator just stepped down yesterday, citing
1: he said health and whatever. But there's rumors out there that his house got raided
2: for things for materials materials of people that are under the age of 18 and he could have been taken down by a former bear they're
1: like 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 the rumor was others Hallis hall and his house got raided well they both confirmed that house hall
3: didn't get raided but they didn't say anything about his house was it a raid or was it a hey we need to come pick some things up like are we or is it semantics here that's what one of my I bears fans was I'm saying.
1: i'm not sure like is it true is it not i don't know we're still in a holding pattern right now it's not looking good the Bears are, the whole organization is a mess.
2: Yeah, it really is a peanut Tillman punch to the nuts right now.
3: This uh, this tweet's from Arif Hassan, who's a football writer I really like. He's summarizing the Bears. The receivers suck, the line sucks, the play calling really sucks, and that's unfair to Justin Fields, comma, who also sucks. <laughs>
2: Well, so back to like the, the evolution that has been the bears here since they drafted Justin Fields, they're going to get to year five. They're going to can they're going to can set you know, the, the coach, then they're going to can fields. And then it's, all of a sudden you're going to be in year five, six, and you're going to be needing a new coach. You're going to be needing a new quarterback and sh- I almost said, "What about the GM?" That's what I'm gonna say. Now they're gonna fire and, the GM. And if they and fire the GM, start this again. If they
3: fire the GM, now another GM comes in and would possibly be stuck with the head coach of the previous. It's just never. So lining basically,
2: up. what I'm saying is, you might get your clean slate of GM, head coach, and quarterback by like year six or seven. It's sorry, bear fans, you're only in year three. Jesus, it's shocking
1: of how organizationally a r- difference. In the Packers compared to the Bears.
3: I genuinely feel bad for Bears. One of my best buddies is a diehard Bears fan. Ryan? Yeah, Gio. We tell them all the time. It's like, don't watch. Like, they, they do not deserve your attention well, and care. And I know that's hard as a fan of a team. Like, yeah. I, it would be difficult for me with the Packers. But what have the Bears done to deserve any loyalty from their fans? <laughs>